0: Hi it's Paul, hi it's Damo and it's time for the PD Sports Podcast with Damo and Paul.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the PD Sports Podcast. We have a very very big episode in store today. Damien, would you like to welcome yourself to the podcast again? Hello
0: everybody, always a pleasure to be here. It's one of my favourite times of the week doing this podcast. Support has been immense so thank you for that and look, This podcast is the biggest of them all so far because it's time to go and preview the Euro Cup final. And Paul, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous.
1: Yeah, it is a big one. Um, It's going to be massive tonight to to see what happens. Um, Yeah, Obviously, lots to talk about. Um, For us as hosts of the podcast, the biggest game uh, for one of our... Uh, host because yes, yes, Damien is. is very invested in this game, yes, I am. more so than I am. But um, yeah, probably second to the Champions League, I guess. Um, probably the biggest tournament that we've sort of witnessed in our little couple month journey of being on the podcast. Yeah, I would so, agree with that. Yeah. Um, so I reckon we'll, we'll kick straight in. We're not going uh, no, to start with the European Championships to start with. Can't because there's a uh, because massive
0: game on this morning, wasn't there?
1: exactly so this morning we managed to witness uh, brazil argentina so i managed to watch that game start to finish and i thought the game was like a huge game of two halves um it, it, i don't know how much you caught because i know you're streaming i've
0: watched the 30 minutes um in between like being and, live so i was live for about 10 and a half hours today so i missed it um live but um yeah, i watched the 30 minutes, and he definitely could tell that in the 30-minute highlights, that first half seemed to be all Argentina, and then second half yeah. it was really Brazil versus Martinez, and Brazil versus Argentinian defence. Uh, but look, credit Argentina, it's about time they won one, and I believe that brings in the 15, I think Brazil's on 19 now. Yeah. I think that brings a level of Uruguay, which is crazy to think Uruguay's won 15 of them as well, but... There you go. Yeah,
1: a lot of those were in the early earlier period of football. When um, that were immense, Brazil. But yeah. look, f- for me, uh, the game was... Um, the first half, it sort of depicted what South American football was. There was lots of flair. Neymar was doing little flicks and tricks. And, you know, Richarlison was involved in the game quite a bit. And then once Di Maria goes through and scores, the game almost changed instantly. I thought he was going to have to come off. Um, at one point towards the end of the first half, too, he pulled up pretty sore, um, sort of got stuck in the ground. But from the start of the second half, Brazil got so fiery; um, they were just throwing bodies in front of everything. They were getting heated, Then Argentina started like Montiel, the right back, who I've used on FM quite a bit. He was just throwing himself into Any every challenge, challenge. Yeah. and it got he it got fiery as as well. Um, Generally, does they Brazil
0: Argentina they 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 do hate each other. And it was a good game to watch, and I am going to watch the ninety minutes back tomorrow on my day off. But uh, even in, through the thirty minute highlights, you could tell that it got quite heated. There was a moment where I think Martin has made a save against Barbosa on the volley, and straight away was firing up the crowd. Yep. There was a lot of bit of not argy, but but just a lot of like moments that are like, ooh it's boiling over here. And I, I think I love that. I think yeah. that's the best part. It's good to see though. That is the best part of probably watching Brazil Argentina. good got to see.
1: It. It was good to see a crowd there as well because the majority of the tournament had been played with empty stadiums. So it was nice that fans were able to experience that too. And I think that even though it wasn't full capacity, it was still nice to be able to see um, heaps of people there to enjoy it um, and to give a bit of atmosphere. And when a big challenge was there, you could hear the crowd. Or you know, even when Di Maria scored, good you finish, can see what it way. meant to the Argentinian fans or unreal finish just to have the composure to go through after a really really good ball to open that space up to and then to be able to chip to the keeper and just dink it in there was just class That showed. show I haven't seen much of Di Maria over the last few years since he's been at PSG and he's sort of been up and down um, since his time at, at PSG but I thought he was fantastic today. Just gave him a real outlet. Messi didn't have a trademark Messi game. And I thought his moment had come in the 90th or 88th minute, uh, yeah, I think that, it was. That when was just, he fought, it was a good little counter-attack.
0: Fought about it way too much. Rodrigo De Paul, what a ball, by the way. Just a great ball to give it back to him. Yeah, um, it
1: was class. And it, was, it was all class yeah, until great Messi... Great
0: It was all class until Messi, I think, outfought himself. Like, big moment. Yeah, he
1: kind of tried to turn and got stuck. Yeah,
0: and, Big moment. Knows that if he scores, he finally wins an international trophy. He knows that he should score. It was one of those ones where he had too much time. And I think he was going to finish and then he's like, oh, the keeper's committed. I'm going to, you know, beat him now.
1: Him. And
0: then it was kind of like not there. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, I think he just out over himself. Ball got stuck and he went down, you know, over the ball. And it's just like, I think Messi for Barcelona, for instance, or in a game that doesn't matter, Messi just takes one touch then just slots it past the keeper. And yeah. Yeah. But um, look...
1: Just had that extra second to overthink it. Oh, yeah. Because there was no pressure on him. It was through one-on-one. I one. don't
0: blame him. He wanted that so bad. It, it was a tired-looking messy by the way, then, as well. It was exactly. a lot messy. Exactly, And you
1: could... Yeah. I was going to say, you could see after the, the game what it meant. Like, as soon as the whistle went, like, the whole team ran to him. So, you know, the, the, it's nice to know that the squad knew what it means. Um, oh. Not just for the country, but for the probably... Messi you know, himself him and yeah. Maradona on their own level yeah. um, when it comes to Argentinian footballers so it was nice for the team to be able to you know mental. at least mental. So, show up yeah it was yeah, and then and like, no one talks about it, even like Aguero like um, <laughs> you know someone who's been you know in and out of that team too you know just to have that quality in the squad I feel like you know that it was coming eventually and they were still missing, like, Dybala, like, he wasn't, he, I didn't even see him, like, I don't even know if he was in the squad or not, or if he still plays for them, because I know there was issues ages ago, but the team that they had, there's some really good young talent um, in that Argentinian team, so I said before, Montiel, the the fullback from River Plate, he's, I haven't seen much of him in real life, other than this tournament, but he looks a, a, a real player, then there was Romero, who was on loan at Atalanta this season, the centre-back, you know, looked rock solid next to Otamendi, so there's you know some real good, promising signs, and obviously Mart. Um, what was his name? Bloody uh, Martinez in goal. Um, oh, he had a Martin great game. Keeper. He had a great game today. He's he's unbelievable. He's
0: unbelievable. Arsenal yeah. made a massive mistake there because he's better than Leno, yeah. and I believe Ryan was better than Leno as well. Yet yeah, they've chosen the wrong guy. Martinez yeah. in his last year and a half is just like a dream come true sort of thing. It's like that sort of story just come out
1: of nowhere. We need he. He needed his moment. So, like Leno getting injured, not last season now, but the season before, it gave him a couple months and a preseason, like as the the number one. So, he just was, he finally got his chance to play consistently. And for us, he did a really good job and they won an FA Cup. And then it was like, well, if, if I'm not your number one, then I'm going somewhere else. And, you know, he took his chance. Villa, you know, took a punt on him played really, really well this season and it's paid off. He's got himself into the Argentinian team. I think we were only talking about it recently, saying that that was the weakness, you know. For so long, Romero was the goalkeeper for Argentina And he even just wasn't though he was really on the, good enough, was it Nah. Well, it's because he stopped playing because he went to Man United and then wasn't playing. So it was like, it didn't make sense. Like, so your number one national goalkeeper is not playing at a club level. So it's just you just felt like Rulli really wasn't really pushing hard enough for that spot uh, even though I felt he had a good Europa League campaign this year so it's nice to see that Argentina have you know even if it's just uh, Martinez and Rulli at least there's two guys there that are fighting out for that number one shot which agree. means that the quality is going to go up so don't be surprised if Argentina turn a corner and I'm really excited to see them in the Olympics to see what the other young talent that mightn't have been involved in this tournament can provide as well. And then
0: see how they're going to be for the World Cup. I think it's a really interesting time for Argentinian football. I'm glad that we finally can put the bed that little argument that Messi's never won an international trophy because he does deserve yeah, one. Same. Um, clearly, yeah, same. Clearly, what a player. Um, but um, I Their think...
1: squad's going to be interesting for the World Cup too. It's a real good blend oh, yeah. of youth I, and experience. I
0: think it'll be Messi's last tournament as well, by the way, that one there. But um, Yeah. I, I just hope they have a good tournament in the World Cup. I'm glad they finally won this one. I didn't think they were favourites for this one here. And lastly on Martinez, is he's really showing that he could be one of the best keepers in the Prem leading into it. Yeah, and I agree. He just does the fundamentals right. And if it just shows that it doesn't matter what role you are. If you're a centre-back, keeper, midfielder, striker, winger, doesn't matter. If you just do the fundamentals right, you're going to be a good player. And it doesn't matter who you are, what reputation you have. If you take your opportunity, you're going to be good enough and credit to him and credit to a lot of those boys in the Argentinian squad they deserved it
1: yeah and it's almost they've stopped picking people on reputation and they've started rewarding performance and that's that's what I liked from this Argentina side and this whole tournament is they're playing guys that are in form I've always felt like in the past you know they try to shoehorn Higuain and Messi or then it became Dybala and Messi like they just tried to shoehorn people based on reputation, reputation rather than yeah. performance or, or fit so I don't know where that change has come from whether there's been a managerial change or whether there's been something else that's happened but I think they've got the blend right so it's, yeah, it's one of those ones for me it's sit tight I think we everyone hypes up Brazil going into a major tournament but it's really positive to see Uruguay Colombia Argentina and Brazil are all playing pretty good football at the moment.
0: Just show South American so football is in a really good spot. I do think it's right to hype yeah. up Brazil because I actually think that squad that they brought to the Copa America is unreal.
1: It's quality. It is unreal. Unbelievable. On a
0: different day they would have scored in this game. Um, but you know it just shows how good uh, you know the Copa America can be. And I'm glad Optus picked it up and showed us every game because there was a lot of times that I'll be on a lunch break at work or you know a tea break we call it but like early yeah. on in the day, or I'd be home during a day off or whatever. And we would and there. we would put it on and there you go and you watch it. It, it was It's nice that Optus invested in that, A, because it's good for Australian football fans. Um, but secondly, yeah. and more importantly, it just shows that the quality of competition in the Copa America is equal to, or maybe not equal to the Euros. I feel like the secondary nations in Europe are probably better than the secondary nations in South America. But those yeah. top four sides that you mentioned...
1: Plus, plus Chile as yeah, well yeah, I forgot Chile. to mention Chile but
0: Chile are on Chile are on those sides can mix it up with the best European sides in the world and it just shows that Asia is so far behind
1: yeah but there's, there's other reasons yeah I do with Asia yeah, too though um, but it's nice I think for me like we'll touch on this probably not for a while but I think going into Qatar it's any, like I can't put my finger normally there's a, there's a standout favourite and the Euros have shown me that there's not a, a real... Favourite in Europe? Locked in. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, we're going to talk about Italy and um, England here today, but I think th- those sides have their question marks on them, as does most teams. So it's, it's going to be a really good tournament in conditions that are going to be unfavourable. Like, it, it, as much as everyone's ripping on Qatar getting the World Cup... It's gonna really be an interesting month of football next December. So what are we, eighteen months away? It's gonna be interesting because it's not like and no, no one's gonna have an advantage, and that's what I like about it. I feel like whenever you play it in a big European country or you go to Brazil, there's always the da, da 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 da. The home nation has it. I mean, is anyone expecting Qatar? I know the last no. World Cup was in Russia. The Qatar team in Russia Europe. Do. Yeah, but there's teams in Europe that are accustomed to that. There's players that play Champions League against Zenit and CSKA Moscow. So players know... And, and, you know, all the Nordic countries can play in the cold. But you are throwing all these countries to put them in the desert. It's almost like a who can overcome all the barriers to this tournament because not many of the Middle Eastern sides are going to push. You know, you don't expect Qatar to go and rip up trees and and be a favourite of the tournament. So you know does it open up for a team in Asia that has to qualify against you know does a Saudi Arabia does the South Korea does in Australia potentially for the players that play in the A-League are they maybe going to be that little bit fitter because they're able to play in the summer heat I don't know I'm just throwing you know we've still got plenty still time got a lot of, of time to talk this, about
0: that I think that it provides the potential I just don't think the quality is good enough but um, 100% you
1: never know it's Exactly, it's a player's going to struggle because of the conditions and that's really what I want to look at long-term. But anyway, we've got one more big game that we need to talk about. Huge which game. Which is the Huge game. massive, massive game that is the fundamental element of this uh, podcast. So we've got the Euro Championship final. Um, it's one of those ones where I haven't... So what, Italy were in the final in 2012, yeah, we're, last we're, England's we're, first time for them. We were gassed in 2012. So... Yeah, but for for either side, whoever can step up tonight and win it or tomorrow morning for us, you know, massive moment for their country. Huge. Uh, Big pressure. It's nice to see a couple of different nations. For me, as a neutral, I've seen Italy in a couple of finals now. I'm kind of happy that I'm, you know, at least getting to see England make a final because, you know, we follow the Premier League so heavily. To see some of those players that play for your club, on a regular basis, be involved is nice, but, um, lots to talk about here.
0: Um, Huge amounts. And you know, look, one team that... Before we talk about it, I am going to say this, I am actually really happy to see England have made the final. And to be quite fair, if Italy went in this final, it was a different nation, we'd be going for England because you got Henderson that's playing there. You've got guys that you do support in the Premier League that are playing there. And look, as much as we're Australian, you'd love to see the Premier League do well. It's a sort of thing. You know, you always have a bit yeah. of a soft spot for England. It's a bit weird. Um... Just that they're playing Italy. Who cares? I hope they get done big time. But um, yeah, for your sake. Yeah, but this final is going to be a very interesting final to break down because I think there's a lot of elements that will decide this game. And look, I, yeah,
1: I, 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 where do you start?
0: It's a big one for me. Uh, I think I think for me the biggest thing that happens here is England haven't been behind in this tournament. By memory, they haven't. They went behind against uh, no, they, they were behind they against were. They went one down they against, went behind Denmark. against Denmark. I feel like the yeah. difference here is is that England against Denmark probably expected to get through, knew they were probably going to score eventually, did score. Right? You go one 0 down against Italy. You think if you're England, yeah, you're gonna game. you're gonna you're gonna come back? Like you're up against a bit of a different beast. You're up against on their day the best partnership centre back in international football, centre back partnership in Benucci and Chiellini. You know, for me, that's the first big point. If England go a goal down, I actually see a world where they don't score. Where I think it, if it's flipped, I see a world where Italy can still score after going a goal down. I just, I I, I know that sounds weird, but I just... The Italy not...
1: defence showed that it can be getting at, though. Yeah, exactly.
0: And... It's a weird one because I feel like England's defence can be gotten at as well. And I look at those players and I go, they've played a good tournament, yes, but how many of them have you seen in the Premier League go and have an absolute mare? It's like, there's a lot. Um, so... Mm,
1: I think the big, my it's, big it's thing weird. is... It's
0: it's one of those ones where I think no matter who goes one new up, it's the first goal in this game is huge. Yeah, I
1: think if England play the expansive way, I think they should. If they can run at the Italian defence, then the, that defence is in big trouble. Oh, don't get me wrong, I I'm worried about
0: it. Yeah,
1: I, I think if you get Sancho's and Sackers and Grealishes and whoever else plays Sterling, out wide, yeah. Sterling, if they're running at the Italian defence, then there's big problems because I think they just run that defence off the park because they're not the most athletic. They're not the most – they're slow. It's a slow defence. And that's including the fullbacks now as well because you've lost that outlet in Spinozola, which is disappointing. But, you know, Florenzi's not lightning quick. Emerson's not lightning quick. And neither are the centre-backs. So, that's England's way into this game is get the ball wide, get it out there quick. Let them isolate defenders one-on-one and run at them. If they don't do that, then they don't win.
0: Yeah. Who do the goals come from from England then? All the wide players? It comes
1: it's it's probably balls from wide so whether that means the wide players get through or they beat a man like Saka does and just puts dangerous balls across the box you know what I mean so it's whether Sterling gets at the back post like he has a couple times uh, this tournament already it means there's service there for Kane as well it could mean the midfielders arrive late so you know clearances when you know defenders are facing their own goal yep. there's there's goals there I, oh, think. I think so there and, is too
0: you like for me, this game is going to be won and lost in how Italy go to set up to play against England as well, I feel. I think Italy under Roberto Mancini, he's transformed the tongue of football. We play this bit more of expansive football. We play a little bit more possession-based. Still defensively minded, but we'll come out, we'll step up against opposition, maybe look to pressure in areas that we normally don't do. I really feel like if we do that against England, give them space in behind, we're in trouble. But I actually think if we sit a yeah. bit deeper and that back foot is not limit limits the space for their wingers to get in behind us by sitting that bit deeper, I actually think man-of-man man defensively versus them going forward, we will manage them and we will defend Yeah, that's how you have defend to
1: defend them. it. You have to defend if deeper. We,
0: if we defend that a little bit deeper, the experience there for me means that we'll keep a clean sheet. It's just a matter of, A, England find a break after we've gone forward. Or B, if we decide to go out there and probably be a little bit more expansive, like we have been under Mancini, has to be commended because he's broken the mold of traditional Italian football, really, of us just sitting deep, yeah. absorbing pressure, and off we go on the break. There's still an element of that, but it's been a lot more enjoyable Italian team to watch in terms of for the neutral. For me, I don't care. I'm Italian, mate. I, I win every game 1-0 and sit there and just absorb. It does not bother me. Right? Yeah. But if we defend like that a little bit deeper, I do think it nullifies a lot what England can do. I'm more worried, not about Harry Kane scoring, because I do think that we will moush him well because Chiellini and Bonucci are so experienced when it comes to that. It's more for me the wingers getting into Danish areas that just eliminates Chiellini and Bonucci because well, a good ball comes in and they have enough time and quality, which you know they do England. right? And if they get enough time on the ball after beating someone because we're a bit high, it doesn't even matter who your centre-back is. If the ball goes to Harry Kane, he's got time. Does
1: not matter. Yeah, I think their first goal against Denmark will show the way they're going to play. I think so too. If Harry Kane drops in deep, if no one follows his run, then it, then allows you know the the runners that run off him. So it's a real interesting debate. I'm, does someone track the run deep? Then does that create space in between the centre backs? I think his movement just is going to create I chaos. I think
0: that's where Chiellini, Bonucci and Jorginho will be really really understanding of each other. And that's where Chiellini and Benucci will pass on Kane to Jorginho if he makes that run deep for the runners to get beyond. And Chiellini won't worry about following his run; they'll just tell Jorginho to sit deeper. But the only yeah, way that works—that's the to only do. way that works—is if Italy defend that bit deeper, because then the line between the midfield line and defensive line isn't as uh, isn't as stretched, Big. and you're limiting that yeah. right, that space for Kane to drop deeper between the lines. Because that also allows Kane to then U-turn and just make his run from deep into the box, and he's unmarked. Um, exactly so for me I think that's the interesting part and I think is good enough to go hey this is a final let's just do something not different but let's just set up a little bit deeper to nullify this uh, but yeah
1: that's how I see it going but
0: I think that's because Mancini's a world class manager right I think we present England yeah he's
1: with, managed big games I too. think
0: we present England with a bit of a different problem going forward we can get goals from the middle of the park we can get goals from doing the same thing out wide with an Immobile dropping in deeper to get the ball and We've got guys that can also wide that will cut in and look the score. We've seen that before. You know, Kezia and Signe have done it multiple times. Midfield scored multiple times. Uh, I feel like where England's game plan is very notable to not just swing balls in Harry Kane, but it's very much let's get the wingers in behind. I feel like we've got about a few different ways that we can score. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we ask of the English defence. That I think English defence hasn't had much to do. And it'd be interesting to see if we ask yeah. a few questions of England, what England are going to give us. To me, then it's a question of is Southgate good enough to make a change on the fly, or is Southgate good enough to maybe make a change before the game about how they're going to defend Italy in a mobile in a similar situation that maybe Kane might give them or give us. Um, but that's I think the question where we and you've all have often talked that we don't think Southgate's a good enough manager tonight for me. If he goes out there and wins the Euros because he's made a very good tactical change or he's changed the way that England are going to set up for Italy, so to say, to just to let's just beat Italy because it's ninety minutes, we got to win this sort of thing. Then for me, he goes to being he's a, managed. yeah. For me, he's gone. The way he's me.
1: managed Grealish. For me, he's been massive.
0: Yeah, for he would go from me being a manager I don't rate and I'm slated to. I hold my hand up and say, "Hey, I got it wrong." Southgate knows what he's doing. Great manager, right? Yeah. To me, that matters tonight, though. If he gets out-coached or out-managed or he does what Oli did in the Euro final where things are going not his way and all of a sudden he just freezes, then I think point vindicated by me and you over all these months. But I, I, I
1: think he's shown, though, that he's been able to change things. I think he has, and too. That's And that's been impressive. Like And the way he's used his squad has been really good. He's shown he's played two, two or three systems now in this tournament as well, depending on the situation of the game. And he's been confident and it's worked, so... You know, it's just yeah, big moment, I guess. I think like, it's huge. You know, I think though he, the experience he would have got from losing to Croatia, from being in a winning position, is probably a good thing um, for tonight for, from an England perspective because he's he's had a chance at a big final. I know it's semi, but you know, it's World huge. Cup semi yeah, final. World Cup semi-finals, it's huge moment too. And I didn't think they did a whole lot wrong on the night either. They were just outclassed, but I think when you're talking about X factors and that that the England team is just so deep. Like, I just don't think Italy has that same depth on the bench. So, if things don't go right for Italy, I don't think they've got as many options to bring on. You know, like Rashford, how, how's Marcus Rashford? Has he even stepped on the pitch? Like, you know, yeah, here you go. they've got Gr- Greenwood, like, there's just so many options. Like, they can just change the shape slightly. Henderson, whether he starts or comes off the bench, gives him solidity in the midfield. Like it's just the depth of that England team is on another planet.
0: Oh, it's huge. It's massive.
1: And that's where I feel if you can't change it with the quality on the bench that he's got, then there's a bigger problem.
0: I 100% agree. And I think this game is going to be very interesting. And I really do think it can go either way. And I just, it for me, it's, this is my mo- moment for Southgate to become that world-class manager. And for me, it's then also me moment to say, I've transformed Italian football and won something with it. It's the icing on the cake moment, right? Yeah, And two
1: really good narratives. And
0: I, I think that's excellent for world football. But being a neutral, right? Putting the team I had off, I think it's excellent for world football. Both teams are there, right? Because it would have been boring if it was just another France get to the final demol- demolition, right? And it would have been, yeah. you know, and it would have been normal to see Germany just switch it on for a tournament and make the final. It's France-Germany final, for instance, right? I think these Euros has had such good narratives. And I think two teams have some of the best narratives over how, what they've had to do to get to this moment in like the pre in the campaign or previous campaigns. It's been massive. Mancini's come in, transformed Italian football, undefeated in what, 32, 33, 34 games, something like that?
1: 33, I think Yeah, it is.
0: right? And England have gone away, licked their wounds from a semi-final. Southgate's been absolutely ridiculed for playing his type of football we've ridiculed him too wrongly we'll admit yeah. right and he's stuck to his guns he's played his own boys which I don't think is necessarily good for England that he's played his own boys different story that but he's stuck to the way that he likes to manage a team you know a lot of people tell him to play expansive football He sat up with two DMs and he's gone in and played his way and England have looked nearly untouchable at the back so credit to both yeah. managers great narratives for the neutral, think it's going to be an excellent final in terms of maybe not goal scoring, but for the neutrals that have probably a bit of a coach's experience, this is going to be such an interesting game. Um, yeah. And look, I'm taking my neutral hat off, let's go. That's the fours of the Azuri, mate. Let's go.
1: Yeah, obviously, when you're you know, home nations in the final, you're going to be backing them. Oh, yeah. For me, I mean, I said it from the start of the... I think we both said it from the start of the round of 16 that we had Italy winning it. So I still think... I don't know. My opinion on England's changed. So I, I did that prediction based on England flopping to Germany. Yeah. I've sort of sat on that for a couple of weeks or for a week now. And I really don't know. Like, I just feel like I can't back England because of the history. But I, as I've said, I think New look like England the England this. X factor, I'm leaning um, too. because I, I just... I just think they've got the extra options, you know? Like, when, when you're talking about a one-off game...
0: They have probably more players <laughs> that will win a one-off game, I'm not going to lie.
1: That's that's what my whole thing is. If I use my experience of watching finals, I see Italy being able to play it on their terms more, the way that they play, though. So, it's... Just, it's normally, for a final, I'm so definitive of what I've seen... To back a side, even if my team's not in the final and it's a neutral final, like an FA Cup final or a whatever League else when there is,
0: got
1: up. even yeah, Champions League, Europa League, you know, this is a final where the sides are coming in with such different ways to this final, but have both shown that they can win it on their terms I dunno. I think for the sake of my prediction I'm gonna stick with Italy, but it's not a it's not a decision that I'm you know, backing everything I own on because I can also see Grealish coming on in the sixtieth minute and just causing mayhem.
0: I see that too. Score prediction yeah, for give so, me one uh,
1: all right. tough, isn't it? I'll say Italy on penalties, and I'll say it finishes 2-0. Well.
0: Wow, I'm predicting goals as well. Yeah, uh, I'm trying not to be biased, but I am predicting Italy, and I think I'm only.
1: Pre- I'm, I never sit on the fence, but that's the only. Only reason I'm sitting on the fence is because I just can't split it, and, and no, I'm, I know be I rip fair. you all the time. That's fair. I rip you so much for sitting on the fence, but that's fair. this see time you. I feel like I have to. Uh, yeah. Look,
0: I'm predicting Italy, and I'm predicting him in 90, and I'm predicting him to win one 0 Italy score the first goal, to defend for their lives, yes. and it's just going to be one new. It'll Be one of those days where England get a little bit. Uh, Frustrated, It's not going in. Donnarumma has a good game. Chiellini, Bonucci just start bossing it. Blocks galore. And then I think when it comes to 75, 80 minutes and where you really need composed heads to probably find a equaliser, I just think the fact that it's at Wembley, the pressure, the crowd, England will get D in the headlights moment and they won't score. It um,
1: could go the other way, though. It could go
0: the other way and it spurs them on and they just go bang. Um, but yeah. I, I think just knowing what English football has done in the past... I'm predicting Italy 1-0 Insigne to score As well is the Yeah he's been good this time I think it's going to be Another one of those moments Where he picks the ball up deep He runs And they're going to sit off him Because they're just going to be worried About what the next pass is going to be The runners coming in from the middle of the park And he'll just go and he'll bury it himself I think it's one of those My
1: only worry My only worry is I just haven't seen anything From anyone that's playing In that number 9 role for Italy No no
0: no see I disagree Immobile's not there to score goals He's there literally to do What Harry Kane does Drop deep Link up players Let the... Midfielders yeah. up beyond him. He does his job. He does his job immensely.
1: He just needs a goal. I feel like he just needs a goal. He's though, a big you know game player. Like, he can
0: score at any moment as well. It's not like he doesn't know how to find the back of the net either. He's scored in this tournament a few yeah. times. So. I, I just, I think. Attic? Yeah, yeah. He's scored about three or four goals.
1: Yeah, keep going.
0: Um, I think that it, it, it's one of those moments that can go either way though. Like, I Even though I predicted Italy 1-0, I really do see England winning this a lot. And, like, I was very convinced that we'll beat Belgium. I was very convinced we'll beat Spain, even though that got very nervy for me. Um, I watched that penalty shoot out work, and I swear, there's there's video footage of me at work. Poor customers come into the area at 7.10 in the morning. So we get for showman at Woolworths at 7.10 in the morning. And this Asian lady wanted a price inquiry, and I think Maratha just missed the pen. And I have just turned around and fist-pumped, and there's a customer there. And I'm like, hi. But, um, yeah, uh... I, I, this game could go any he's got way. two goals yeah two so two or three I think mean, it's two okay yeah, I'm looking at it now he's got ah, two easy. Yeah. not a problem but, um, I don't think that's enough oh look for me but, yeah. for what he has to do he's better than Balotti at doing this at linking up play and dropping in deep and whatever so yeah well th- 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 this that. is where Mose Keane should have come along really to this Euro squad I don't know why they took Belotti, but it is what it is it's, I didn't pick it um, but look, I do see that this game could go the other way and, uh, without me being biased, I'm not writing England off and even me being biased, I'm still going to not write England off because they really do deserve to be yeah. here and yeah. They've
1: just gotten better game by and game. They've ac- just gotten they've better, better and better and better. have not
0: they? They've looked incredible. So my question to you They've just you,
1: controlled everything. Yeah.
0: So look, we've had our predictions. We both predicted, Lee, you're predicting in pens, I'm predicting 1-0, but we both acknowledge that England can win this game on their night and I really do see that happening my question to you is though, Paul, we have a World Cup in a year or a year's time. Do you expect these two finals to go, at, to go deep again in that tournament? Do you have you seen enough from England, and Italy to go? Hang on, yeah, they could go and win the Euros and then win the World Cup next year.
1: Um, I think a lot of people can win the World Cup next year. So Very open World Cup next year. It, it, it's yeah. Look, I'm not. I mean, yeah. There's if you're making the final of a, of a major tournament, eighteen months out of another major tournament, you'd be pretty dumb to not back them I don't see a whole lot changing Um, out of Europe though I mean you got to think Portugal Belgium France your standards you know if Holland get a Virgil van a fit Virgil van Dijk in as well um, there's plenty of competition in Europe and as we said there's plenty of competition in South America so anyone can almost beat anybody but there's nothing that's shown me that Italy won't play the same way this time in 18 months and then England's team's only getting better because it's not old. Like I feel like everyone they're bringing on, is they're yeah, either good. in their oh, yeah. they're great, great or, squad. or they're coming through. So there's no reason why both these sides couldn't go deep in Qatar.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. But look, yeah. I think both teams with the right rod next year can do it. The question's more that I've seen enough quality to say that they both could go deep in the tournament. I'm not saying they will, because yeah, so. the World Cup's too far away. It depends on the draw, who does what, who do they get in the knockout stage, etc., etc. I've just seen enough on both sides to go, yeah, you know what?
1: If, yeah,
0: a, when push comes to shove, they're good enough on their day to go out there and probably win be the World Cup as well. And they'll be around the mark. Um, yeah, I agree. I've got a few questions for you to do after the Euros, right? As in, like to go away yep. from this final. Biggest over and underachievers for the Euros of the whole tournament. Go. Um, I've already got my overachiever
1: two. for me is, overachiever for me is Sweden yeah Um, I mean I thought they were pretty good value as well in the knockout stage um, but you know that team was pretty average yeah many um, well. the group stage anything they'll, yeah, I, want, I tried to go away from a you know obvious one which is obvious uh, underachievers who really Turkey yeah, I think good. just because um, so much hype the huh? hype yeah I mean you could say France but they still you know they went out and penalties and we're 3-1 up with 10 minutes to go but I think Turkey just for not getting a point um, what about you? Um,
0: Look I'm going to go biggest overachiever outside of Denmark because I think Denmark win this one hands down right Um, I think that Sweden's a good shout but I think the Swiss really surprised me especially after how they went in the group um, yeah And you know It, it, it takes some um,
1: Throw the Czechs in it, there yeah, as well Yeah
0: it takes some balls To come back against France Being three one down With like 10 minutes or so to go And he takes And then takes off. Spain to penalties And too. they took Spain to penalties And they were you know I think Ian has Really showed that What a keeper he can be Um yeah. And then I think Outside of that Sweden deserves a mention Czech deserves a mention The Ukraine deserve a mention They just gassed against England And absolutely copped it um, yeah. and I think there's been a lot of teams that can really go and say, "Hey, we overachieved this tournament, brilliant." And then I think if you look at underachievers, I think Turkey's the massive one. I think you are France, you will say they were underachieved massively. Um, I, I, but I really think everyone that came out of Group F was just such a disadvantage that they just were gassed. Yeah, and that just shows yeah. that play too many big games. Group F was just the the group of death because if even if you got out, you're dead anyway. And yeah, so yeah. I think everyone in Group F underachieved, but that's not due to their own fault. So to say where... Except for Hungary. Is that, yeah, Hungary can nearly be... If, if, Imagine if Hungary got if out. If Hungary got out, that would be first on the list to overachieve. Like, how, how do you get out of that group yeah. of Hungary and you at one stage that was second?
1: They were out, yeah. yeah. Um, I know.
0: But yeah, uh, I think then, obviously, outside the obvious one, that Turkey underachieved, shot themselves in the foot, which is dead horrid. Everyone in Group F can probably just say they probably underachieved because of how good they are on paper. But yeah. yeah. Um, the best goal, I think, goes to Schick. Uh, I think there's a few notable mentions. Paul, you got a yeah.
1: Sheik's got the best one though.
0: You got got one that you kind of think of that could be compared to Sheik's, or Sheik's just hands down, just like so good.
1: I think Sheik's hands down. Um, I mean, there's a, the free kick from Damsgaard as well oh, against England.
0: I think in goal, not mainly for biased, the moment, just the run and the yeah, finish. Maybe
1: for the f- yeah, yeah, that was a decent finish. I do but I think Damsgaard's free kicks probably just for the moment that it was in as well. Oh yeah, um, huge.
0: I think it's pretty close to Sheik's. I think Pogba's finished by the way to make it 3-1 even though they're going to lose that against the Swiss was unreal. Yeah, it was unreal. Um yeah. but I think Schicks wins it, but hands down. Yeah. Um biggest best moment? Is there a moment for you? Um that really topped it.
1: No. I think the Denmark game when they needed to win by two goals. The I whole game was incredible. Christiansen scored. Um that, you know, it was good the finish as well, actually. Christiansen
0: goal was a belter.
1: Yeah, I think for me, that was probably the moment you know, that got them through to the... I know they went on to score fourth, but I think that moment to put them into the knockout stage is probably up there. I, um, yeah,
0: I got I got that. I got I got two moments, I any think. Any other moment for you? Uh, I think I got two moments. One, you're going to laugh at me about, but I am going to mention it. And the other one is actually uh, a very serious moment. One is Pandev entering his career with a goal in a major tournament for a country that he is at certainly give him his everything too. I think that's absolutely I think brilliant. he had a
1: better moment. He had a better moment than the goal.
0: Well, coming off? It was
1: the goal that was disallowed.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> the chip. The chips. <laughs> what
1: a that was a better that moment. That was unreal.
0: I just think whole whole yeah. North Macedonia's moment in this tournament, how they approached it, everything, unreal. Yeah. And the Pandev getting his goal, coming off, getting um, a signed T-shirt. And that leads me to my second point. I actually think all the support every team has shown Denmark throughout this Incredibly difficult but amazing run just shows that world football's in a good place in terms of like humanity wise, right? Like, no
1: animosity, yeah.
0: Just like all the support that they've got behind Christian. We haven't mentioned it much because it's a really soft point, but I feel like, in terms of best moment, I think all the teams should be commended that have played Denmark and gone about it like that. I think that's excellent, yeah. Moment to forget, Paul. Is there an absolute moment someone has to forget? I've got one,
1: Um, I've
0: got one. (laughs)
1: Killian Mbappé Yes,
0: yes And my moment isn't just his penalty miss His whole tournament
1: Yeah Disappointing Still think he's really well-class so I still want
0: him to come to Liverpool But one of the worst tournaments yeah, I've seen From a player
1: Still young um, Obviously But That penalty I was watching it before work You just knew You knew when he was lining up It was up. like
0: Morata stepping yeah. up the other night You just knew he was going to miss yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah Same thing um, That was disappointing I feel for Mbappé you know, he'll have his time again. Uh, that's the, the, the nice thing about European football is, uh, or international football, I should say, um, that, you know, it's always two years' time, you know what I mean? So I think he'll get over it. He's good enough. He's got the quality to, to figure it out. But, yeah, hopefully, for his sake, he can turn it around and we see a better version of him at the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I do too. Um, I think the Dubrovka, by the way, gets a shout for goalkeeping error of the moment, of the Euros. Slapping it into the back. Yeah. That was funny. Um, For you, best game of the competition? You got one? I've got a couple that deserves a mention. Best game. But I feel like there's one that stands out for me.
1: Uh, I haven't really thought this one through. I probably should have. Um, There's a few good games. There's there's been an
0: incredible tournament for football. It's been great.
1: Just trying to think.
0: There's been so many goals and... Extra time. I think the, the
1: French-Swiss game. Yeah, that's my, yeah. that's mine
0: that wins it because I just didn't expect the Swiss at free1 down to come back
1: and yeah, same. get
0: through. And it took some balls. Yep. And I, I remember watching that game, Shakiri came off. And as a coach, I'm like, you've got to leave your most creative player out there, even if they're having a stinker, because they're going to provide a moment of brilliance that could get you back into it. In the end, great managerial decision. Made a change. Came back. Scored 92nd minute and there you go yeah. you're through I think obviously you obviously got to talk about what Spain-Croatia as well with 5-3 yeah big one um, you have to talk about uh, what, are, what else there um, a couple of others that went extra time in pens um, that was that were good um, a couple of good group stage games as well uh, I think it's just been a great yeah, tour Germany-Hungary yeah the big game there 2 that was massive yeah, it was great actually
1: Hungary-France too that was a good game yeah uh, there's just so I'm many good games. One. Group
0: F in general is just good to watch.
1: That's oh, sorry, Drew? Yeah,
0: but um, great, great tournament. Really hope the final lives up to the billing. Really hope Italy wins Yeah. Really hope it's a big night for Italian football and sport in general because Matteo's in the Woodwarden final, and I'll be watching that soon. Um, and yeah.
1: Yeah, big opportunity for some big results. So we do have some questions. We've got to. Pretty simple one to start off with from JS. Who is our goat when it comes to soccer? What do you reckon, Dana? Uh,
0: What, of all time or just like this era? Well, uh, I think of let's all, go modern era. Yeah, modern era. I feel like he wins it anyway overall, but that's another debate. Uh, I think Yeah. it's not the fact that he won an international tournament now. I, I rated Messi above Ronaldo for certain reasons. I am a big believer that a lot of people should just enjoy the fact that we're witnessing these two play. Both and I them. do also think yeah. it's very hard to compare two players that do play different styles of football. So differently. yeah. yeah. But I do think just because of the creativity um, and the things that Messi does with his feet and just all these Just little, that raw natural ability. Yeah, that all these little things that you go and walk, go, wow, he's incredible, um, makes me believe that he's the greatest of all time. But, yeah, um, that's the same for me. I uh, wouldn't definitely would not go. Oh, Ronaldo's not in the league. I would, I would be like Ronaldo's pretty yeah, damn close. And then for the
1: modern era, it's one two, and it's almost a one a one b. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's very like, close. they're
0: very even in terms of what they've achieved. You know. Um, yeah, and it's very balanced, and especially now that Messi's finally got this international tournament. Now it's like very balanced between and the two in terms of the way that
1: and the way Ronaldo was able to sort of recreate himself as a striker you know that's really impressive like he went from a you know explosive tricky winger to a out and complete out and nine. number nine yeah. you know so you know props to him but for me it's just it's the moments that Messi gives you where he drops a shoulder goes past three and then dinks the dinks keeper, the keeper. like, like go, Ronaldo wow. doesn't Renato doesn't do that Ronaldo's all about Ronaldo. Ronaldo's powerful yeah, exactly Yeah. It's a different sort of artistry and I just group. think
0: and I enjoy the little yeah. bit of the creativeness of Messi and just that moment of brilliance that makes you drop your jaw. But Ronaldo makes you drop your jaw in a different way. It might be a spectacular free kick or, you know, he's or hit a one header. from distance from out of nowhere or a leaping header like a gazelle or something like that.
1: With a bicycle kick like he did against Juve.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, so for me, yeah. it's a bit different. But, you know, it's hard yeah, to compare. Free. Very hard to compare those two, I really do believe.
1: Yeah, let us know in the Discord who your goat is as well, guys. And then let us also know who you think is going to win this next little poll that Rods has given us. Who do we think is going to be the better player long-term? Mason Greenwood or uh, Bayakusaka? What do you reckon, Dave? That's tough. Same thing, isn't it? Two very different players.
0: I'm going to say Greenwood only because I think I've seen a bit more of Greenwood, not for any other reason, though.
1: I think... Greenwood's gonna be a very, very good number nine. Yep, I think Saka's gonna be that better player. Um, can show he can Two got his international players. debut playing left back, um, and now he's playing right wing. So he's so versatile. And I, I've I'm the opposite. I've seen more of Saka. So uh, uh, Saka's quality. Oh, he's they're both delivery's are deliveries unreal. Hard his finishing's unreal. Hard to pick. He's he is the complete package, and he's like nineteen. Yeah. So. I think he gets to do it more regularly as well. He gets to play every week for Arsenal. I think that's a big factor as well. Like in his development too, or Greenwood's in and out in and out different system. He might play up front. He'll play off the right. I think, I think he's so
0: versatile. Yeah,
1: completely different yeah. players. Um, I think for Saka's development though, he needs to be playing right wing now. I think no more left back, especially at Arsenal. I think his quality's so good going forward that he needs to be in those more advanced positions. So we'd be keen to see both of them do really well, but I think this tournament's actually shown how good Saka is, and he's been doing it on the wing. And the fact that he's been playing ahead of Greenwood kind of shows where Gareth sees we'll both, of see both
0: of them. I think that if Greenwood just gets that breakout year, though, they'll be very similar. He just needs it. And I don't know if that's going to come with Ben yeah. United or if he has to find a loan deal, but yeah. look, from what I've seen, and there's things that excite me about Mason Greenwood, and for what I've look, football manager shouldn't come into it But I've seen both develop and football manager Many saves and Greenwood's always developed into the better player And football manager gets a lot of things right So that sways my thinking But
1: I think they haven't actually accounted for Saka's potential enough though Because he's only been on the scene for 18 months Where Greenwood's been,
0: on the scene Greenwood's for been
1: around for a few years He's still got a think yeah, I so Greenwood's
0: still I mean, quite young though but Saka I, I, I think both are going to be great players I just it's so hard to
1: compare Yeah I agree Yeah Um, so then adding on top of that we've got another question here from JS to sort of rank some of the English talent so we've got the two we've just spoken about Saka and Greenwood then we've got to throw Phil Foden who I think just is the number one out of that option anyway so he's my number one then you've got Mount, Saka, Greenwood uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi for me it goes Foden Mount Saka, Mount, Greenwood Hudson-Odoi. Oh, I, I think I don't, Saka's going to be right, better hudson we had
0: that discussion, me and you, and yeah. I actually think... On the stream. Uh, I see him ending up at like West Brom and being one of those like championship players that just pitted out into nothingness. But...
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the talent's there, but I just I haven't, just haven't seen enough no consistency.
0: Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day, consistency is what makes you stay in top tier football, and I don't think he has it. I think Foden and then think, Mount, because where Mount's playing and what he's achieved, I think Saka has a better ceiling, but...
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think Mount's hit his ceiling, where I think Saka's still at a similar level. Or bit same a thing for him, me but Greenwood as well better.
0: with Mount, is that if Greenwood got going, and I do think one day... The he thing
1: really is, I haven't seen Greenwood get going, where I've seen Saka get going, you know what I mean? So I've just, I've just seen that a little bit I more. I think but Greenwood my was my at view.
0: Arsenal, I believe Greenwood would play a heap, so... Oh,
1: 100% he'd start everywhere.
0: Right, oh yeah, so... It, it, they're very similar, those two, like I've said. Um, so for me, it's Hudson and last, and then... Greenwood sucker very yeah. level with me out head because we've seen a lot more of Mount. he's won a Champions League um, yeah, is there any other sense. people you'd throw into that list pool of like English talent that we haven't really mentioned
1: I think Curtis Jones is better than Hudson Adoy I think
0: too and I think Curtis and Jones is probably going to be better than Greenwood and Saka without being
1: too biased nah Saka's better than Curtis I think Mainly because Saka, I'm only saying it because Saka's been he's carried Arsenal for a 19-year-old to carry Arsenal. I think it's just Shut, that carries a bit of weight shows for me.
0: More that how bad Arsenal are at the minute than anything.
1: That's part of it. Yeah, yeah, that is part of it. But um, other than that, let me talk about young English talent. Nah, no one else really. I mean, Jude Bellingham. Yeah, he stands
0: out, and I think he's had a pretty good time, and I think he, he probably sits in that Being Saka playing. Greenwood section. I think he's better than Greenwood. Yeah. And I think he's level with Saka, which kind of contradicts
1: what I said about the Saka Greenwood moment but yeah yeah I, I agree with that yeah. um, I'd probably have Bellingham above Saka because of what he did in the Champions League yeah, um, for Dortmund this year uh, oh, it's going to be interesting to watch all these guys more anyway like, it's gonna be Man, if they can find a way if they can if Southgate this is why I think and this is why my opinion of Southgate because he's the one that brought these guys through the, the youth teams too and he knows these guys, and I think if he can see this current crop through and then bring in these young guys, because what didn't Curtis Jones they played What final did they play in? Was it the 21s yeah, Euro yeah. final they played in and lost to Croatia? Yeah, it was. You know, like the the talent coming through for England is on another planet. Like, it's so deep. Oh, it's massive. Like, really the fact really that their 18s made the final for something recently as well, I think. Like, there's just. They are, fly- they are actually flying <laughs> like it is crazy how good English they've been playing.
0: That probably leads us here yep. to the Olympics. Who's going to win the football competitions, and I think England are going to be up there.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm really keen to see how England go. I think there's a lot of good
0: teams, by the way, going to the Olympics that are taking quite young squ- squads. I'm always keen to see how Colombia go because they always seem to be, at a youth level, really good. Yeah,
1: solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think
0: that also leads me to Argentina, who you know have got some really good youth coming through as well. Brazil, always I think Brazil. the gap's a bit
1: big though. Um, I think the, gap yeah, the huge gap's big for Argentina it. though. <laughs> Their best is really good, and then the kind of rest is a bit meh. Yeah. But they don't have it's not a complete squad, um, but it's not saying that they're not great. But that's just how I sort of see them at the moment. And
0: then I think there's other teams around that you wouldn't mind having a look at, and I think be interesting the Olympics. Yeah, Spanish squad is going to be really good as well. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go out of limb and say England in the Olympics will win it only because of the success they've had at that youth level. Croatia's another one.
1: Yeah, yeah they need to start blooding a new generation as well. So there's probably a bit of pressure on Croatia. Um, I'm not sure if they're actually in the Olympics, but um, regardless, they need to get a new generation of players oh, going in very do. quick.
0: And I think it'd be a very interesting tournament. In a tournament that we definitely will keep our eye on. I don't know how much is going to be shown here in Australia of the Olympic football. Um, and I don't know if like, be enough. Yeah, I, think. I don't think Optus are going to just have all those games outright anyway. No, it won't be. Yeah, it'll, be it'll be
1: through whoever's showing the seven, Olympics, which it? will be like Channel Seven. Yeah, and they, yeah. Won't, they
0: won't show too much football. They'll be there to show all the Olympic sports that are there. Rightfully <laughs> so. Football's on all year round, and there's the Olympics happens once every four years. You you got to follow. You got to follow your cycling and fencing and. You know, all that sort of stuff. You're not going to go put golf, tennis... And the shooting. Yeah, and whatever, and shooting on... Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot golf is in there. Yeah, golf. It's one
0: of the first years golf's in there, or is it like the second time yeah, around that golf's in the there? the first. One of yeah, the two. But yeah, golf's that. in there, and like I think it'll be really interesting. To watch all, yeah, and that's why I think when the Olympics comes on, football takes a bit more of a backseat, and you just kind of just enjoy all the sports that you don't really get to see. It's a bit more of a novelty. You
1: yeah, know, how, that's fair.
0: How, how often do you get into your running in your swimming pool? Like, when? Um, Never, Right.
1: Uh, running's one that we talk a little bit about um, At work uh, That's because we're all running at the moment yeah. But um, Swimming's one that I don't follow Yeah but then when the Olympics
0: all. are on Yeah,
1: yeah exactly you, Everyone, you, Everyone's a where's Phelps. It's
0: like when the Winter Olympics are on And all of a sudden I become a cur- curling connoisseur I do everything to watch curling <laughs> Right Or ice hockey uh, Yeah ice hockey Or um, You know What's the other one there uh, Sledding That's the one What's, it? what's that called Oh the bobsledding The bobsledding yeah oh yeah. jamaica have a box cool yeah, Andre, what a, what a, yeah what a what a what a movie but there's uh, heaps though but even, that's, even that's for me like, like synchronized
1: so the synchronized diving yeah, as a, well. it's I love insane that
0: too. those athletes
1: are crazy yeah we'll definitely do some stuff based around oh the, we will the and we'll, there's a lot
0: going on with the olympics we we'll save that for another probably another episode but um
1: yeah we'll uh, get its own episode
0: yeah but uh definitely 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 we'll be keeping an eye on the olympics But uh, in terms of football, but I think there's other bigger sports on in the Olympics that will allow allow us to watch as many games as we would like.
1: Yeah. But there'll be access to it anyway.
0: All right, Paul, last question. And uh, it probably relates to an Olympic event anyway. How big is Ash Barty's win in Wilburton last night in Australian sports history? First time since, Um, I think, 1980 or 81 that Australians won Wilburton on the female side.
1: Australian female. Yeah, and yeah. after
0: Ivan Gulagon's won it a long time ago, which I think is the last one, right? And Barty's attributed like this whole run to her and has gone out and done it. Yeah. The pressure she was under I feel like it's a massive yeah, moment. I think
1: she needed it. She did. For her career she needed it because she, for long enough now she's been around the mark. Yeah. Um and she's had a few finals where she's just like collapsed in. In the past, so I think for her and for yeah Australian tennis in general, because we haven't had too many Wimbledon champions. Um, I think it's a very massive moment,
0: but in the context yeah. of whole of Australian sport, where do you rank it? Oh. Is it up
1: there? Is it one of the, Is it one of the best? Yeah, it's up there. Um, I don't put it ahead of any of the like Ian Thorpe gold medal, you know, swimming stuff.
0: I think there's one moment that definitely tops it. I think it's up there. I think it could come in, like, the top five, top ten moments after what she's gone through. I could see it, top ten, maybe maybe not top five. The story of it, how she holds herself, the fact that pressure came from her contributing this run to Ivan Gurugan and actually going out and doing it while wearing something that kind of tributes to her. Um, And then I think it's the... uh, you know, and then a lot of people are liking it to what Kathy Freeman did. I think there's a definitely big similarity in what Kathy Freeman did. Like for me, that's the greatest moment in Australian sport history. By the way, you know, you, some people would have thought they would have mentioned like World Cup of 06 for for Australia get making that World Cup, or you know, people would have thought would have mentioned something to do with <laughs> cricket or whatever. For me, the biggest sporting moment in Australian history is Kathy Freeman's winning run because it was 2000. Yeah. She's the best runner in the world at that time, and the whole of Australia was on her back. And the whole lead up to that tournament, to the Olympics in Sydney, in front of our home crowd, as a proud, proud lady of her heritage, like Ash Barty is, and it's probably why it gets linked to her, right? Yeah. But Cathy took Australia on her back and just went bunta, right? Yeah. And just laid it all on the line in that that iconic running suit. For me, that's like the greatest moment of Australian sport in general. Any sport, Olympic, non-Olympic, you name it, right? I think as much as people have been liking it to that this morning, I don't think it comes a close. B. I don't think it even look. Don't get me wrong. I love Ash Barty, and I think it's a great moment in Australian sport history. But I don't think it's as good as what um, you know in Forbes done, you know previously, or you know uh, a lot of different other a Olympic moments, and the Olympics are on, so hints why it's getting talked about, or even other sporting yeah. moments. You know, there's been like Australian cricket team won three World Cups in a row that needs to be talked about um Australians well, the
1: Ashes in 06 Ashes in
0: 06 of everyone retiring if you're talking about cricket Seven, whatever if you talk about soccer the fact how Australia made the 06 World Cup needs to be then talked about Got it um if you're then going to talk about you know other sports um you know you're going to talk about Adam Scott winning the Masters for Australian in the Masters after so many years of watching Australians come second Greg Norman choking in like 96 yeah. and having Larry Myers chip in on him in a, in a playoff that Larry Myers had no Real hope of winning that master tournament, and chips in from nowhere. Um, yeah, uh, you know, all those sort of moments combined for Adam Scott's win makes it like one of the biggest moments in Australian sport. Um,
1: the ice skating dude that, oh, yeah, Steve love guy Baberi, that was like last. Steve, Steve Baberi, what a moment!
0: <laughs> what a, one of my favorites. But you're putting all those moments together, and then you are talk about Ash Barty's moment. I think it's massive. Oh, who was
1: that other guy? But yeah, it was a 400 meter runner or 800 meter runner. I remember they had dreadlocks. Do you remember him? Oh, won Commonwealth what Games was his gold medal. I can't remember now. Someone please oh, try and I know exactly it for what me.
0: You t- I don't exactly. I reckon what it
1: was you. either 200 or a 400 meter run, and he won a gold. Must be 400 because otherwise, you say Bolt would have killed him. But I don't think Jamaica in the Commonwealth Games, but. Um, I remember it was in Melbourne 2008, Commonwealth Games, and I remember, like, jumping off my couch because he just came flying home.
0: Yeah, well, that's what the Olympics does to him. What Australian sport does do to him when it's massive. Yeah. And, like, I think... So, I yeah, think
1: plenty of moments. I'd like to actually sit and do research and try and rank it rather than trying to do it off the top of your top head, of my head. But, but I,
0: think, I think it's one of those ones that you probably find in your top what 10, about Leighton as well? Yeah.
1: Leighton Hewitt winning it as number one.
0: Yeah, it's a big moment. I think Hewitt's big moment is probably davis cup coming about coming back against federer and then taking the davis cup by storm and then actually winning that in like oh oh one or oh three oh three i think it was okay everybody roger federer right before he starts to become roger federer is two sets of love and a break up and 30 love up on his serve and all of a sudden ensued laden hewitt come back in front of a pat rod come back and win in five not just that they then went on to win that davis cup and it's not the first time he in a davis cup game went ballistic from two sets of love down and came back um i think all those moments kind of a bit more iconic than ash's win i just think it's a massive moment in australian sport and it may inspire some more generational push to maybe find some better athletes down the line for australian tennis in general both both genders and i think it's massive but i don't think it's the top one that everyone was talking about today in like nine world of sports and whatever.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those ones where it's recency biases. Yeah, it? I because think so too. And I think night. in
0: like six months time, everyone will be like, oh, it's a big moment. But yeah, I think that it, yeah. like, the next person to ever, next Australian to win the Australian Open will make top three of the list ever. Because that's been that long. Yeah. But yeah.
1: yeah, it has been ages. Nick, oh, I don't remember. Nick Who Nick was, was it? One? <laughs> Who was the last Aussie to win it? Oh,
0: jeez. They were going back ages ago. For like ages. All right, so it's that long because like,
1: N- I actually can't nu- put a name Nukem? to it. So
0: Newcomb, I reckon. Pa- I reckon Pat yeah. Cash lost the final to like in five. Back when it was. So the
1: fact that I can't name someone is sad Nukem. because we're twenty five and twenty six. or twenty five.
0: Roach, Roach won one, but I think Newcomb's won one afterwards. I'm trying to think who else is around that mask. I'm gonna search it up now. You made me interested.
1: Yeah. So for me, like that. That's the point, though. The point is the fact that we're twenty five and watch tennis all their lives. And we can't really name who the last Aussie was Australian to I think was, it was to win Newcomb. the final. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Apparently
0: it was Mark Edmondson. Never heard of him.
1: Uh, what year? 80s?
0: Mark Edmerson came up when it was at wrong against John Newcomb in the final. So how long ago was that? Yeah, so? uh, I'm now opening up the link because it was just giving me that little bit of whatever.
1: I don't know what Kurong is.
0: Kurong's where they used to have the um, they had the Kurong Classic?
1: Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember that. It used to be a warm up tournament,
0: 1976.
1: Paul, oh, Jesus, okay, he was
0: no- 212 going into the tournament and he went for his wild card at 212, unseeded <laughs> and beat the world number two in John Newcomb in the final six, six, seven, Jesus. six, three, seven, six, six, one.
1: But uh, bloody mid seventies is the last. <laughs> Paul, one. I'm gonna
0: link you after this chat. You should have a look at his like. He's got one of the best trend setting hairdos and mo go. I've ever seen. Uh, it is unreal. Check your Discord link. I, I, yeah, need, I, a li- I, I need a live. I need no. I need a live reaction for the pod because I I a love I love that he looks killer.
1: Uh, Javi Simmons scores a penalty, yeah, no the photo comes <laughs> up. <laughs> there
0: he goes. <laughs> He's amazing yeah. Someone When you get time Mark Edmondson so 1976 so Australian good. Open champion He looks amazing like, That's just a typical 70s Aussie bloke That is unreal Yeah um,
1: That just screams Dennis Lillian It does
0: doesn't it It's unreal I love it But um, <laughs> yeah. there, there's your moment right I think that's where you rank Ash Barty And the fact that There's potential for bigger moments I think in tennis A that it means it's not going to be one of the biggest in Australian sport history, but it's nothing against Ash. Love it a bit. I'm so glad she did it, and I actually think there's going to be many more as well. Grand Slam wins for Ash. Yeah, as well. this will spur her What on. about
1: Sam Stozer? Which she won the French Open. Open. She US Open so, against Serena Williams. Oh, US Open. Did, fr- did she get to a final French Open? Yeah, she icon? lost the final. Maybe in loss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, if she won two, then I would have said that means a bit more. But um, anyway. So for episode 17 of PD Sports Podcast, Damien, thank you very much for your company.
0: Anytime, Paul. Fords of the Asuri. I'm just going to put it out there. Matteo is going to beat Djokovic in the final tonight, and Italy are going to have their first Wimbledon champion. And then Italy are going to beat England, and it's going to be a very, very, very good night for your Italians in general.
1: And there we go. So from myself and Damien for episode 17, that's a wrap. Massive night of sport for us here in australia and we'll be back with another episode of p sports podcast to recap all the events from tonight